TalkZone.com Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet light-hearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. It is two guys at a mic on the talk zone. Seth Gruen sitting in for the big dog today and not so beautiful Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago where we do our show. Seth, great to see you and uh, Thanksgiving right around the corner. I'm sure you are in full scale preparations for working out, preparing for Thursday's big meal. Well, I'm certainly preparing for the eating, not the cooking coach. I'm not so graceful with the culinary arts. Well, you know, everyone's got their job. Some people's job is to cook. Some people's job is to eat. Do you at least, being the male slob that you are, do you at least clean up afterwards and possibly wash a dish or two at mom's house? Yeah, I'd do that. I'd definitely clean up. I'd pitch in. Why not? <laughs> what a nice guy. Why Lots not? to talk about in the world of sports. Of course, every Tuesday here on thetalkzone.com, uh, I'm the two guys at a mic show. We call it Residue Tuesday where we can pick up some of the things that happened in the world of sports over the weekend. Obviously, we'll cover yesterday's events, too. And then uh, after Tuesday, Seth, it's time to look ahead. We cannot, no sour grapes, no celebrating from the weekend. It's almost like Kirk Ferentz from Iowa, mm-hmm. who tells his Hawkeyes the 24-hour rule, right? You can celebrate a big win and be happy. You can be depressed over a big loss. 24 hours after a day, it's time to look ahead. It's Residue Tuesday here in the morning. I almost said the morning break. Here are two guys in a mic. <laughs> Any good. events over the weekend uh, that you would like to uh, pick apart a little bit? I know you're a big Bear fan. Yeah, well, I mean, as I said, I was in Vegas. But um, what's most... When did you say you were in Vegas? Oh, this past weekend. Oh, okay. I told you. Remember? Well, I know you told part? me, but now you are talking, oh, now I'm, now I'm talking to, to a the... vast listening audience. That's true. That's true. I was in Vegas for a bachelor party. For a bachelor party. Yeah. Wow. For a bachelor party. 23 of us. It was quality. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it was quality. Did you charter your own plane? No, no. But we did charter our own uh, bus. Really? Yeah, at times. Thursday we did. This guy named Barry Limo. <laughs> Come on. I swear to God. You, my, the that best the, man. Wait, that, that was the, the groom's name? No, 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 no. The, that was, that the, was the bus. Oh, okay. The bus. I'm not going to name any names. In the, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But The guy who drove you around, his yeah, name was yeah, Barry he, Limo. He, yeah, he drove us to one establishment, and mm-hmm. um, the best man took down his number, and they exchanged numbers or whatever in case we need him later in the trip. And he said, where are you guys going tonight? And he'd sign every, uh, every text, Barry Limo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Forget about sports. Tim Bach, the uh, maestro, our producer today, sitting in for David Olson. Rip up our entire show. I know we had a pre-production here. We got all the notes of things we're going over. Three days in Las Vegas, 23 guys on a bachelor party. Forget the sports. I think we could do a whole hour on that. We probably could, considering the characters that were on this trip. Oh, goodness. Anything we can talk about and keep in mind, two guys and a mic, is America's number one family internet sports show, as long as you don't have a family and you're listening to the internet in America. Well, I'll, I'll try to I'll try to keep this story PG, but I, I have a certain friend who tends to like to hang out with women who look like athletes. Okay. So you know we've had your Tony Saragusa, your Mike Piazza, but uh, this weekend he stooped to an all new low, <clears throat> and a, a woman he was patronizing looked a little bit like Secretariat. <laughs> 
The secretary is strong. <laughs> yeah. That's sinewy. True. Powerful thoroughbred muscular. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> but and needless to say he wasn't betting the ponies, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah. goodness. Three days Anyways. in Vegas, twenty three guys, and you still made it back for Tuesday's show. That's unbelievable. I'm sure you're in fine shape. We'll get you a uh I actually had to work yesterday, so or Sunday, Sunday, Sunday I had to cover uh-huh. some stuff. So uh, did you get a chance to back. watch some of the games, catch up on the sports? Did you go to one of like the uh sports betting places where you can watch like eight games all yeah, at the same yeah, time? Yeah, did that a little bit. Uh, hung out, mm-hmm. walked the strip, looked at the hotels, you know, did do some of the normal stuff. So. Very, very cool. You know, there were a few things I wanted to bring out on the Bears game. And again, our phone number here, let's throw it out there. Residue Tuesday, anything that happened over the sports weekend, college football, NFL football, yesterday's games, we'll talk NBA. If you're a NASCAR fan, you want to promote a Jimmy Johnson, we're right here for you. We'll get off the sports page a little bit too. But 888 888- 463-6748 is the phone number, 888-463-6748. You can email us at mike2guys at aol.com. The maestro, Tim Bach, our assistant, our head producer today, normally our assistant. He takes over the lead. David Olson saying that he has something to do. I think our normal producer basically said, just sick of doing our show and needed a day off. Yeah, I can understand that, Coach. Yeah. Quote, unquote, family issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Radio issues, Believe huh? me, in the years I've been doing radio programs, I've had a lot of producers that took days off for, quote-unquote, family issues. Right, a lot of interns that have quit also. Yeah, shh, quiet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got the maestro here today, so lots of stuff going on. And we're also going to uh, throw out the topic, uh, especially since I will not be here tomorrow. So this is my final pre-Thanksgiving show. Big weekend coming up, Thanksgiving Thursday. It is my favorite holiday. I don't know about you. You don't have to do the gifts. You don't have to... You know, no pretenses, all the garbage is kind of good, down-home, family time, Thanksgiving, personally, my favorite uh, holiday. Yeah, and you being a big eater, I could see that. Yes. You can pack it away, can't you, Coach? Which is surprising because I'm very slight of build. Yeah, yeah, you're you're a slender guy. And I'm six two and a half, and I weigh 193, but Joel, you know, my normal partner always says he can't believe yeah, that 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 looks like a little bit of an embellishment, Coach. I mean, well, I'm not trying to embellish unless the scale is embellishing. <laughs> but the bottom line is, I do have a huge appetite. Thank you very much, and a fast metabolism, which I'm sure the maestro Tim Bach, who uh, does not enjoy the same metabolism as I do, does not appreciate. Because yeah. I can eat all I want, and I still can't gain. Yeah, that's that's a key. I eat, I eat one biscuit, and I gain ten pounds. Yeah, so, yeah, I know. See, that's that's why me and Tim work so well together. I eat, he gains weight. Yeah. It's funny. You run into some guys who they'll eat a Krispy Kreme donut. They'll have a pimple put on 10 pounds and have a coronary. <laughs> That'll happen to you. Here's what I would like to throw out as a daily quandary, if I could, Seth Gruen and the uh, two guys that are Mike Public out there. Again, our phone number, 888-463-6748. On Thanksgiving at the dinner table, at the Thanksgiving table, and I want to hear your underrated and overrated food. What is the underrated food item? at the Thanksgiving table, and what is overrated? Gets a lot of play on Thanksgiving, but really isn't that good. i got a couple I'll throw out. I want to throw it out to our listeners, too. Underrated and overrated at the Thanksgiving table, and you can email us at Mike2Guys, that's M-I-C number two, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. That'll be our daily quandary. Well, should I uh, should I give my pick? Should I get the ball rolling here? If you or? want to throw it out, I was going to save the suspense for after the break, but nobody really cares anyway, so why not? Well, I, I will give my my most overrated. It's going to surprise you. I'm going to go with turkey right off the bat. Really, overrated? How often? I love turkey, but but you could have turkey all the time. Okay. You have barbecued turkey, turkey sandwich. 
That's not unique to Thanksgiving. Okay. So what do I love? Stuffing. Stuffing most underrated. Because how often can you have stuffing? Yeah, but do you think stuffing, I don't want to argue with your personal selections here, but stuffing gets a lot of play. To be underrated, you have to be, you know, I mean, stuffing, a lot of people, that's that's part of the Thanksgiving dinner. I agree right. with you. It's great. Love the stuffing. But is it truly underrated? Well, it's un- yeah, it's underrated. Okay. I, I, right. I definitely think it's underrated. It's the go. Toby Gerhardt of Thanksgiving dishes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're going to see it every Saturday, right? You're mm-hmm. going to see it in every Stanford game. Mm-hmm. You see stuffing every Thanksgiving, but nobody talks about how, about, how key it is. Can I put an addendum to that, too? Sure. How about... Two days later, stuffing. Leftover stuffing. Cold leftover stuffing with a little bit of light mayonnaise. No, that doesn't sound too good to me. When it starts to coagulate a little bit, gets a little crunchy around the edges. No, that that, that actually right. sounds really gross. Right, I thought I could I think I'm going to vomit during the next I break. I thought I could pull. We are America's number one breakfast show. As long as you're not eating breakfast. As long as you're not eating breakfast in America. 888-463-6748. That's our daily quandary. Uh, NFL games from over the weekend, Residue Tuesday. We'll talk about some of them. We did have a big ball game last night, the Tennessee Titans, with the coach that I wanted for the Chicago Bears, my very own Chicago Bears, Jeff Fisher. They start out 0-6. Didn't get to see a whole lot of it last night, Seth, but a great Monday night football game. The Titans beat Houston, last-second field goal, and... They have not won four in a row. The Titans are back in a hunt. And all with Vince Young under center. I mean, that's that's a great story in football right now. Quietly, the Titans are sneaking up. Now, if you remember last year, the Colts made a, a, a run of ten straight games mm-hmm. um, to the end of, at the end of the year to make the playoffs. And I know they have Peyton Manning, but who knows? You never know. It's the NFL. Any given Sunday, as, as they like to say. So, sorry for the cliché. But you are allowed three cliches per show, and there's well, one I'm down nine. to two. I'm down to two. Yeah, two left. But this is a guy who's battled some depression, yep. was benched. People thought his career was done. He was the uh, the third pick in the draft, so obviously high hopes, big contract. And now it seems like maybe he's establishing himself as an up-and-coming NFL quarterback. So mm-hmm. I think it's great to see. Mm-hmm. And it takes, I would argue, a great coach to uh, keep the troops together. After an 0-6 start in Tennessee, I mean, they haven't won the Super Bowl. No. But I always, to me, even better, more important than winning the big one, I always respect as a fan, as a coach, as a follower of sports, teams that have a long lineage of consistent success. Because that's hard in -hmm. pro sport, to be good over a long time. Jeff Fisher and the Tennessee Titans have been an above-average team for a lot of years. All of a sudden, they go 0-6 this year, but bounce back. I think you got to credit the coaching staff for keeping the troops together. Absolutely. I mean... You, you players could easily quit. You start 0 6, they could easily quit on the team. We've seen we've seen it before in the NFL, but yeah, Jeff Fisher is obviously a master motivator, mm-hmm. one of the great football minds really in the NFL, mm-hmm. and a former Bear and an ex Chicago Bear. And, and again, I don't want to rub it in, but that's the guy when we fired Dick Durant. That's the guy that I wanted the Bear, and I think at that time he would have taken the Bears' job. You think he would have left Tennessee? I do. Well, what's interesting now is they're saying Bill Cowher is interested in the Bears' job. That would be a good thing. Getting a nibble from Bill Cowher. But the key is the McCaskies have got to pony up. Mm-hmm. they got to write the checks. I think he's going to ask for somewhere in the neighborhood of $6 million. Mm-hmm. So we'll That's see. one thing about fans, not just here in Chicago. Everybody is very uh, – have no problem. No problem firing coaches or getting rid of players with big contracts and spending other people's money. Right, you I hate know that. the owners are extremely wealthy. <laughs> I understand that, but it's very easy for us, a couple of yahoos. 
or any of the uh, sports fans out there to say, oh, they got to fire this guy or eat the contract and get rid of him. You know, Tommy Harrison isn't any good anymore. Don't worry about the $4 million, Bring somebody else in. Very easy to spend somebody else's money. Not so easy, even if you got a lot of it. Not right. so easy for the I, owner. I've always said, if you don't approve of the product, don't go. Don't go. Don't watch it. But then again, that's hard for people to do. I mean, we're talking about fandom, so. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't want to jump off the ship either. No. Right? I mean, that bothers me. You got, you know, some some team when they start losing, oh, we're hoping for our team to lose. But then you allow the ownership to take advantage of you. I mean, if you want them to spend the money, what, what's what's their motivation to put a good product out in the field? To we, win. We, but if, if they just want to make money, look at the McCaskies. Mm-hmm. They're the only owners in Chicago whose sole entity really is the team. You look at Rocky Wirtz. He's got his distributorship. It's got a ton of real estate. You look at the Ricketts, they've got Ameritrade and, and all their financial firms and whatnot. You've got Reinsdorf, who's got other investments and whatnot. But really, the McCaskies, the only thing they have is the Bears. That That, that is their sole source of income. And they, I'm not know, saying it's not a good one. Well, I do think if that aspect of it is overrated. You're implying that because it's their only business entity that they're not going to spend money, that it's business first and competition second, but they spend tons of money. They've spent tons of money based on the recommendations of their general manager and their financial executive. Right. Ted Phillips is the same thing on the Chicago Tribune. It's a business. They don't care about winning. That's a bunch of garbage. but they do. The Tribune spent a ton of money on the Chicago Cubs on different players that were recommended by Jim Hendry. Now, were they number one? No, were yes, they George no. Steinbrenner of the Yankees? No, but I do think that aspect is overrated. The Bear, what, what, Brian Urlacher's contract, right? Mm-hmm. They re-upped him for, you know, I don't know how many millions. You get lost sometimes. Lance Briggs re I mean, you can go over and over again. So they spend money. Now, wisely, that's a different story. Well, see, when you get into wisely, you're then telling people how to spend their money. I mean, when if you're if you're saying, you know, Brian Urlacher, that was a stupid contract, and I'm not saying it was, Coach, and I, I don't disagree, but playing devil's advocate, then you're telling them how to spend their money. Well, I'm not telling them how to spend their money. I'm just saying that they're most of the owners in pro sport, they're competitive. Right. Their number one inspiration isn't to make money. Their number one inspiration is to win. So I don't think you can criticize the McCaskies, just in our case here in Chicago, so much for not spending money. It's, you know, do they spend it wisely? Do they have the right coaches? That you can criticize. I all think right. the lack of spending, all they care about is making money. So I hear that with the Cubs. All the seats are all filled. That's garbage. The Tribune Company spent a lot of money, and they wanted to win, too. That's fine. But I I think you can tell a team how to spend some money because when the taxpayers pay for the stadium, that, that's an, that's part partially it's partially the taxpayers' investment when they're paying for the stadium to house the team, to house the games. Mm-hmm. Soldier Field's owned by the Chicago Park District. So you're saying the fans should have input. Yeah, the fans should. I mean, the fans should be allowed to view, you know voice their opinions, of course. Mm-hmm. But do you voice your opinion by not showing up? I guess that's the key. You root for a team, you're cheering for a team. When they're down, do you not? To well, see, the problem with football is if you don't show up, you can't watch them on TV. Well, to, to, to me, as long as I see a team give an effort, uh-huh. as long as I see a team still trying, I'm going to support that team. Now, bad attitudes, lack of effort, that might be a time when I turn off the TV. As long as I still see my team trying, it may sound corny, I'm still going to root for the ball club. And related to that, and i got a couple things related to the Bears, the Bears are getting a lot of criticism in the media. They're 4-6 and six right now. Lovey Smith, 
And you know I've criticized our coaching staff and some of the players and the way we approach things, but they're getting criticized right now for saying no. The season's not over. We can still make the playoffs. Who knows? You win five out of six. We go nine and seven. It could still happen. You win six in a row. And everybody's making a joke of that. Well, isn't that what you want them to say? And and not only say, want them to believe? Ah, who are they kidding, Lovey? What a bunch of crap. We're four and six. We're not going to play. make the playoffs. You know, he's getting criticized like he has no no reality as far as, you know, the sports vision and making the play. Well, they're four and six. What would you like your head coach? What would the message that you would like your head coach to pass on to the players? Well, I, I I don't know what kind of message he's passing on to them in practice. I mean, no one is really behind the scenes. I would think you'd like him to light a fire under their rear, give them a kick in the posterior, yeah, sure. And say, hey, you, you, you never know, guys. We still have a chance. Let's win one game. We've put together a streak. You never know. But a lot of people think he's schematically flawed, coach, and I know you don't like to get into well, a lot I'm, of that. I'm one of those. I'm just saying the one aspect that he's getting criticized for now, some of the players and Lovey Smith talking about, hey, we're not out of it yet. we got to find a way to get better. Who knows if we win five out of six or six in a row, we could still make the play. That's the attitude. And, again, I don't like Lovey Smith. I don't think he should be the head coach of the Bears, but that one particular aspect, they're getting criticized in the media. I think that's one of the few things he said right. That's company line stuff. That's just company line stuff he's trying to save his hide and save his job. Because well, he knows. You don't think they know they should be better than 4-6? and six? You don't think everybody on that team, everybody on that 53-man roster knows yeah, that? No question. But again, they're, here they are. They're 4-6. and six. What would you like him to say as far as their playoff chances? Well, the season's over. We're going to start playing young kids. we got to start rebuilding for next year? No. Well, they, how can they rebuild for next year? They don't, they don't have any draft picks. They traded them all away. Well, so you, you know what? What I find most interesting here in Chicago is that we have probably two teams, two of the most underachieving sports franchises in this calendar year, and the Cubs and the Bears. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they you want to talk about contracts? The Bears had no business giving Tommy Harris such such a big contract after he tore his hamstring off, you know, off the bone. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the main muscle for a, a defensive lineman that plays the three technique. Hindsight is easy. I don't want to get after here. Hindsight's easy. Who, if they didn't sign him, and Tommy Harris goes to another team, okay, and then he all of a sudden starts playing good, you're the same guy that's going to come on the air. I'm going to come after you right now, Seth Gruen, pride and joy of the Chicago Sun-Times, Rivals.com, and a few other publications. You're the same guy who would be criticizing the Bears. Oh, they're cheap. They don't spend the money. Well, they spent the damn money, and they paid Tommy Harris. They took a chance. Didn't work. But they spent the money. They paid for it. What happens if Tommy Harris would have gone to another team and all of a sudden starts playing really well? But they're spending money. It's like you said, Coach. They're spending money wisely. Look, they they renegotiated Brian Urlacher's contract. The guy had two years left. To do that in the NFL, it's unheard of. He had a degenerative disc. Now he's hurt his wrist. He lost a step. He was over 30 years old. Those are not guys that you renegotiate contracts to that, that have two years left. Mm-hmm. You wait and see. And now they, they're really screwed for the next couple of years because they have so much money tied up in crap on defense. Mm-hmm. You know who else you don't renegotiate with and re-up their contract are coaches. Right? Two uh-huh. years ago, Notre Dame. Oh, we're going to sign Charlie Weiss through 2035. You know, yeah. and, and there's some NFL coaches Had the same now. record, by the way, as Tyrone Willingham. Yeah. So you, you, you stop re-upping contracts for guys. 
because things can turn in a hurry. If the coach is good, you know, you can work them one or two years at a time. You don't need to take a guy's contract who's three or four years ahead and extend it another three, four years. You know how much Charlie, Wurz, Char- Charlie Weiss is worth right now? $350,000 a year. That is how much I would pay him right now mm-hmm. for the product he's put on the field. Mm-hmm. But I, what I is still, he owed? Like $28 million? If I could get one Notre Dame artifact, it would not be a football signed by one of my favorite players, Paul Hornick. Right now, the most valuable Notre Dame artifact I'd like to have hanging up in my trophy wall is the belt of Charlie Boyce. <laughs> yeah. Because that belt is unbelievable. Well, you could play hula hoop with it. Huh? You could play hula hoop with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I said on last week's show, it's the most valuable piece of equipment in all of college football is the belt that keeps Charlie Weiss's pants up. Yeah. That thing is, I don't, I don't know what it's made of, but I'm sure it's specially made. That has to be. Yeah. But think of the, to show you how important it is. He's a Lane Bryant poster child. Think of the alternative. What would happen if the belt didn't work? Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be bad news. <laughs> that'd be bad news. My point exactly. The most valuable piece of equipment on the collegiate field today. 888-463-674. And we're going to take a quick break. The maestro, Timmy Bach, the pride and joy, Marion Catholic High School, our producer today, fine Catholic school in Chicago. We have an outstanding... Representative of Highland Park High School is my co-host today, Seth Gruen, a fine uh, individual of the Jewish faith. So we have a Catholic producer, we have a Jewish sports talk host, and uh, here I am stuck in the middle. <laughs> I'm a little of both, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mixed breed, huh? Huh? Mixed. Yeah, you know. It's a long story. We, <laughs> only, we only got 41 minutes left of the show. We'll take a quick break when we come back. Daily Quandary, Thanksgiving dinner, overrated and underrated foods on the Thanksgiving table. Residue Tuesday, more fun to come here on thetalkzone.com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888-GO-FOR-IT once again here's the coach john cone and we're back on the talkzone.com our uh, breaks are very very quick here seth Cruz. that's okay it means we get to talk more sports no question we get to talk with you the folks out there phone lines are open we don't schedule a lot of guests on this show our listeners you the caller our guest number one here in the morning break a mike shashevsky a duke Happens to call in as a guest, or you know, maybe we line him up as a guest. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe big time coach for, uh, say, the Boston Celtics. You know, we got a Glenn Doc Rivers on the line. Former Chicago guy. Maybe even a Kevin Garnett from the NBA. You know, we'll get all those guys. But the caller calls up. The callers come first. Shashevsky goes on hold. Yeah, absolutely. That 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 is listener loyalty, coach, and that's that, what you're that's all about. What we're all about. That's what we're all about. 888-463-6748. You 
Our guest number one here on the morning break. Dial it up. Mike, two guys at AOL.com. It is our pre-Thanksgiving special here on the Talk Zone. By the way, Mark Carmen will be sitting in. I will be gone tomorrow. Mark Carmen doing the show solo, so make sure you tune in for that. But Thanksgiving dinner, our daily quandary today, overrated, underrated, and you already uh, put your first selection in. You put, you really, you shocked the world right off the bat. I did. Overrated. Turkey. Wow. Underrated shocking. stuffing. Absolutely shocking. And they kind of go together. I mean, they have a sort of a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was looking for some lower scale thing right, right off the bat. Boom. You go with the big hitters. Yeah, absolutely. The turkey and the stuffing right off the bat. Timmy Bach. Long-time Thanksgiving guy, and Tim's mind every night is Thanksgiving dinner. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> overrated for me, cranberry sauce. Not a Re- fan. The sauce. The, well, hey, cranberry anything to me. Oof. Okay. You Not a me, fan. You and me are going to differ. Overrated the cranberry, okay. And then underrated, I think, the uh, the little brown and serve rolls that you have with Thanksgiving dinner. Because if you burn those. I don't have those. You're, well, see, I do. Every year we have to have those. So if you burn them, your dinner's ruined. Got to be cooked just right. You got to be perfect. Got to be a little soft in the middle, uh-huh. warm. Got to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the last girl set dated. <laughs> now, the only problem with one of my theories, and this holds true in a restaurant too, not just Thanksgiving. I don't mean to differ with the maestro Tim Bach, our fine producer today, but if there's really good food, I don't like to fill up on bread. That's my theory. I mean, yeah, I, you know, yeah, I like bread. You can eat a lot, and it's still huh? okay. They're, they're so small that you can eat three, okay. four, seven, and you're still okay. Okay. Do you like chew first, Tim, or do you just, like, inhale those things? Well, see, my wife's Italian. So uh, when we go to Thanksgiving dinner, we have, the, the like, the appetizer dish is, like, this gigantic 12-pound thing of pasta. And that's, like... <laughs> That's like the appetizer, and usually I'm full before I even get to the turkey, so uh-huh. I, I need to learn to pace myself. Yeah, it's interesting. You have Thanksgiving, you know, consider the United States a melting pot mm-hmm. of cultures. Everybody sprinkles their own culture into their Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. As the maestro just eloquently pointed out, his wife's Italian. Mm-hmm. They have l'antipasta. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but pacing yourself is key. Mm-hmm. Pay, you know, it, it sounds like Tim, a veteran, making rookie mistakes. You can fill up too much on the appetizer, and you don't save room for the big course. So you, you know, a veteran eater mm-hmm. of Thanksgiving dinner, you know, pacing is very, very important. Yeah, Kobayashi wouldn't make that mistake. Well, Kobayashi would just snarf it all down. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. he's, he's been training. You know, those of us that don't train, we have to pace ourselves a little bit. All right, I'm going to go underrated. And again, uh, if you want to email your answers in, Mike Two Guys at AOL.com. M I C number two, Mike. Two guys, AOL.com, phone lines open, 888-463-6748. Underrated, the Jello. The Jello mold with, Jell-O. with like, the sour cream topping. Mm-hmm. Kind of a sweet sour cream topping. Or it's not even sour cream, but it's... Ice cream Jello mold. My mom makes that, but not for Thanksgiving. Not bad. See, you guys, you guys are going, if I might interrupt you, you guys are going with dishes that not everybody has. Uh, cranberry, everybody has. Everybody has yeah. something cranberry, but overrated, underrated, isn't that more like mainstream? Then? Well, we, hey, we have we have differing uh, ways of heading to the okay. same destination. All right. As Yogi Berra once said, when you see a fork in the road, take it. Okay. <laughs> All right, underrated. I'm sorry, overrated. Overrated. By the way, I was going to put cranberries in my underrated. Now, the cranberry sauce, I think I would be with the maestro. Mm-hmm. But the, the cranberry itself, a very underrated food. It's underrated, one, because you don't ever eat it. 
Who eats cranberries unless it's Thanksgiving? And then you have it in Thanksgiving, you think, you know, I should have this more often. It's got quality texture. It's got just a little bit of sour, but still a little bit of sweet, a unique taste. It's something you don't often have, the cranberry. Thank you, Wolfgang Puck. Huh? <laughs> you were giving us a, a really strong analysis of the cranberry. Yeah, this portion of the show brought to you by the ACA, the American Cranberry Association. <laughs> you, too, could be a member by hitting www.cranberries.com. Uh, overrated. Overrated the sweet potato. I was going to go in that direction, possibly, Never too. a big fan of the sweet potato. My theory is I don't like transient foods. I don't like foods that, that are like tweener foods. Mm-hmm. The sweet potato has no place. I mean, I love potatoes, okay? Any kind. Fried, mashed, hash brown, baked, scalloped, love potato. But the sweet potato is not really a potato. And then if you're going to go sweet, let's go sweet all the way. It's kind of a dichotomy. You got a little of the mushy, a little bit of potato, not really. A little bit of sweet, not really. Not a big fan. My overrated for the dinner, the sweet potato. I actually like sweet potato fries in general, not on Thanksgiving. Yeah, but that's better. I almost went in that direction too, Coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners are thrilled with that. All right, 888-463-6748 if you want to contribute on that. Underrated, overrated for Thanksgiving dinner, food specifically, you can email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com, M-I-C number 2, AOL.com. Three other notes real quick on the Bears game, Residue Tuesday. Did you see Donovan McNabb postgame? No, I did not. Talking to Jay Cutler? No. Why? It was, it was not the typical handshake. Donovan McNabb sought out Cutler, and they embraced, and McNabb was talking into his ear so that the microphones couldn't catch him. I'd say for... A solid 45 seconds. It seemed longer than that, even. Yeah. I mean, definitely given a message. So, A, what were they talking about? B, very classy move by Donovan McNabb. Uh-huh. And then they embraced afterwards. You could see Jay Cutler truly appreciate it. I don't know what the message was, but it wasn't just your typical, hey, you know, nice game. Stick with it, buddy. You'll be okay. I mean, they McNabb was in his ear for maybe over a minute. Maybe it was like a hang in there. I know what Chicago's like. Mm-hmm. Um, McNabb went to... Mount Carmel, so, yeah. I mean, he's well aware of how rabid a sports town this city is. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was giving him some brotherly advice. I don't know. Another one was uh, Tony Dungy post-game. Now, you were in Vegas watching the game. You probably didn't get a chance to watch the post-game. I was actually back here, but uh, I did not get a chance to watch the post-game. When they interviewed Tony Dungy, he's you know one of the comments. I can't figure out who's the halftime guy on Sunday night. they got so many freaking guys, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yep. Dan Patrick, Keith Olbermann, Tony Dungy. You got guy, I, mean, I can't believe they need all those guys. Too many cooks in the kitchen, if you ask Absolutely. me. Absolutely. I mean, they bring in, I'm that's why sure they, they're... That's why they booted Costas out of the studio. They, Costas is, is broadcasting from the games now. What do we even need? Bob Costas, what is he like, the overall moderator? I, I guess, or on-site And then guy. you got three announcers. As far, no, two announcers. As far as I'm game. concerned, you keep Costas at the games and you use Oberman and Dan Patrick and, and one or two football guys in the studio. Yeah. Now this is Rodney Harrison, Tony Dungy, yeah. Tiki Barber. Yeah, and they're all good. For the most part, they're all pretty good, just too many guys and not enough for each guy to have time to really say. Right. But it was interesting. After the game, Tony Dungy, they were asking about the Bears' play selection, in particular the injured defensive back for the Philadelphia Eagles. And even Tony Dungy was a pretty conservative guy. He clearly said that the Bears should have gone downfield a lot more. He said it two or three times attacking them. They should have attacked them seven, eight, nine times. 
So even Tony Dungy in his low-key, very classy way, questioning the Chicago Bear offensive philosophy. I thought that was curious. And then third and finally, I know you were in Las Vegas and you had other things on your mind. 23 people in a bachelor party, bus provided. What was the bus driver's name again? Barry Limo. <laughs> you got the guy's card, by the way. <laughs> I, 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 My friend does. Did you at least let him know about two guys in a mic? No, I did not. Ah! I should I should have. Are I, any you know, of the guys from the bachelor party listening? I hope so. Come on, I hope man. So. You're 23 I let guys. Know. There are 22 other potential listeners. I, ha- I let them know. If anybody was on that bachelor party would like to call Seth out, embarrass him over Internet Sports Talk Radio, that's what we do here, 888-463-6748. But you were too busy concentrating, I'm sure, to catch Devin Hester being tackled in the fourth quarter. Okay. When his pants came down. Oh, 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 okay. All right, yeah, that was uh, that, that's something I would look away when I saw. Now, I, I don't know about you. Did you notice it live? I uh, no, I did not. But the replay, yes. I, you, that ha- that has happened before. Oh yeah. The pants rip, the belt uh, malfunctions, things like that, and the mm-hmm. the, pa- the yeah. pants drop. Chris Collinsworth and the uh, play-by-play guy uh, helped me out. Oh, Al Michaels. Yeah. Very smoothly passed over it, but it was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I left and right. Uh, Batico was uh, showing on <laughs> national television. Thank goodness they did not call for a replay of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you man? What if that was like a close play? You know, yeah. and, and it was a critical play in the game, and they actually had to show yeah. the replays. Yeah. Can you and can, review it? <laughs> can you man? Personal foul, mooning offense. <laughs> yeah, but but it could have been. He could have been tackled. You know, right near the first down line. Mm-hmm. And now they have to go back and actually, you know, right. wasn't, yeah. and it was a critical situation. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, I don't know if they have the little thing that can, you know, bleep out <laughs> right. the right. Yeah, maybe they can scramble and get the little digitalization or whatever they call that. His his right butt cheek broke the plane, but his... <laughs> oh, goodness. 888-463-6748. If you're a fan of another NFL team, you want to talk about the games over the weekend. That's what Residue Tuesday is all about. How about the Browns and the Detroit Lions, the two worst teams in the NFL, set, and they played maybe the most exciting game of the entire Sunday. Yeah, and well, that's what you get when you get two evenly matched teams, I guess. Two bad teams. But I didn't get to see that one, actually. You really were busy over the weekend, yeah. weren't you? <laughs> Apparently Seth saw a lot, but none of it had to do with sports. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I saw a lot of sports. I just didn't <laughs> see that particular game. All right, let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Checking it out line number 42 on two guys and a mic. It's caller Jim checking in from Chicago, Illinois. Jimmy, how are you? I'm doing great today, Coach. How about yourself? Highly adequate. Okay, glad to hear it. Uh, <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm, I am glad to hear it. Well, I appreciate that. Jimmy, what's up? Uh, you're talking food. You're talking my game. Yeah, Thanksgiving dinner. I'm assuming you're a longtime Thanksgiving guy. You want to add to our underrated, overrated list? Let's put the chef on that list. Over or under? Oh, it got to be underrated. Got to be underrated. I would agree with gotta that. Got to be. Nobody call. appreciates the amount of time and effort that goes that's, into that dinner that's gone in 10 it's, minutes. It's Unless they call. just open a can. Well, then the chef has been overrated. Yeah. That's actually a great call. We were talking about food, but, Jimmy, you hit the nail on the head. Underrated the chef. And what always killed me is, you know, in my house it was the mom fixing the food. Mm-hmm. You know, for two days. For mm-hmm. two days they're slaving in the kitchen all day, and then we sit down and eat. In 22 minutes later, we're all back in the living room watching the football game. Thanks, that was great. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree with Jim there, but let's let's put a caveat on that, that that's 
a little ambiguous. Somebody who goes out, buys the turkey, opens the can of cranberries, kind of just does the shopping and none of the cooking. That person's overrated. <laughs> I can't stand when I, you know, I bought I, the mashed potatoes. All I did was add water. Woo! Great dinner. Yeah, that person <laughs> don't exist in my house. That's what's going on. <laughs> are you I the? Do, I do everything. Are you the chef, or does your wife do the cooking? She knows how to make box macaroni and cheese. <laughs> you know, I tell her to watch the Food Channel when the How to Boil Water show comes on. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. So you're nominating basically yourself for underrated. Well, yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, right, rightfully so, by the way. All right, what's overrated, Chef Jim? Uh, any fast food place you go to. <laughs> Till I open one, that is. See, uh, going along with the kitchen, I thought you were going to say the Cuisinarts, because that's not used. I, I have no idea, though. No, I hand chop everything, pretty much. Oh. <laughs> except except for that, that this smash thing that I got for a grid for chopping the celery and onions. Oh, uh-huh. It just speeds things up for the dressing. Like the Remco's Chopomatic? It dices, it slices, it cuts hands, ears, fingers, toes. It's Remco's Dysomatic. You buy it now, we will not only throw that in, you will also get, get Popeil's Pocket Fisherman. You can take your son out with our Pocket Fisherman. Yeah, it's not the Slap Chop or any, any one of those, but it is one that works. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you got to have a, a brine smoked turkey, oh. and you got to have some spicy stuffing. You know, you got to have it spicy. I like it. I like it. you got a seat open for your Thanksgiving dinner, Jimmy? Probably, but maybe Friday morning I come and see you before the show if you're Interesting. on. Wow. You know, once I had uh, uh, barbecued turkey, I mean barbecued outdoors, mm-hmm. and the old-fashioned Weber. Yeah, it's that's good. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah, that, I like barbecued turkey. Outstanding. I really little, like barbecued turkey. Put a little applewood in that charcoals and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, brine the thing first so your white meat isn't dry. Mm. And uh, you come up with a winner, Coach. Beautiful. Chef Jim, you're official, you are our official culinary consultant. Anytime we have questions on food, you will be on our speed dial, my friend. Well, if you keep talking about food on the sports show here, I'll keep calling you up. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, Thanks, we, Jim. we appreciate the call. Okay, have a good day, guys. There it is. That's a great call. Underrated, the chef who worked so hard to watch his dinner, his nine-course dinner eaten in about 18 minutes. Yeah, Jim, Jim put a lot of thought into it. So. Yeah. Overrated fast food. You want to contribute? 888-463-6748. Email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Real quick, Seth, I know you write for a couple of different uh, fine establishments. Throw some kudos. As long as Chef Jim is going to nominate himself, you can throw some kudos your way. Well, yeah, I appreciate that, Coach. Uh, actually, re- recently had an article published in Sports Illustrated on a running back named Martez Walker. Wow. The Sports Illustrated? <clears throat> Well, SportsIllustrated.com, I should say, the high school section. Okay. At this point, it's in their vault, but you can still access it if you Google my name in Sports Illustrated. But it's about a running back who uh, plays for Brother Ice High School. He's a sophomore, one of the most celebrated kids they've had go uh, play at that school. And, and bear in mind, they have NFL players right now in the league. They have professional football players that have gone to that school. What, what is so unique about the kid? Well, what's so unique about the kid is that he grew up in Robbins, Illinois, a really economically challenged mm-hmm. suburb of Chicago, and was brought in, or legal guardianship was taken by his youth football coach. He's a African-American running back. That's mm-hmm. a white working class well, This sounds family. like the movie The Blind Side, yeah, which a is little based bit, on a Except The Blind Side is a, a family, a very wealthy family that took in Michael Orr. So it wasn't really... Uh, you know, I'm not going to say it was any less charitable, but it wasn't as financially difficult for okay. them. Uh, this is a family that already has uh, five children, I believe. So adding a sixth, you know, for uh, it 
an iron uh, union iron worker the 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 gentleman is and and he also coaches youth football so it's an interesting read not to mention the fact that this kid is the real deal he's a kid you're going to hear a lot about especially because great position players and I don't know if you've noticed this coach and I know there are some exceptions Donovan McNabb Mike Allstop but great position players don't necessarily come out of Chicago you see more offensive linemen defensive linemen you, uh, not maybe position but skill position skill position yeah. sorry skill position players so Mm-hmm. There you have it. Sportsofficial.com. Well, Martez Walker. Okay. Sophomore running back, Brother Rice. Mm-hmm. I believe their season's over. They didn't make the Prep Bowl championship. Mm-hmm. But this is a guy you're going to be hearing okay. a lot about. A lot of websites have him as one of the top recruits in the Midwest. Okay, so, so sportsillustrated.com. You also write for rivals.com on the website? I have done a little bit of writing for rivals.com and mm-hmm. Yahoo. Um, had the cover story on Sean Johnson. So. Mm-hmm. I don't want to belabor my resume here. I'm and you also have a three-page uh, half-naked pictorial coming out in Cosmopolitan Magazine. I do. Right? Dude, that's my highest-paying gig. I don't want to spill the beans on that, but uh, you are one of the men of the media that will be featured. Is that correct? Men, yeah, men of the media. Yeah, Mr. As Seth Gruen sizes up with the microphone on page 42. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all that more. 888-463-6748, pride and joy of University of Illinois, as am I. Our fighting line. I uh, have a big college basketball game tonight. Yeah, I, and I'm, I'm, I gotta say, I'm, I'm proud to be an Illini fan at this point. It's, it's amazing. You go from football to basketball, and it's just such a change of, uh, I don't want to say loyalty, but I guess fandom. And, and this Illinois basketball program, kudos to Bruce Weber. He's turned it around. He had a lot of criticism about his ability to recruit, and I believe that the recruiting for the University of Illinois is probably one of the toughest jobs in the country just because of the nature of the city of Chicago and it being a national hotbed. But well, the hardest part of recruiting in Champaign is if you get a recruit down in Champaign mm-hmm. and the wind is blowing across the farms out onto the campus. Yeah, it smells kind of bad. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, if you can get a recruit to sign after smelling that, you truly are a master recruiter. Right. Yeah. So the, the keep mother nature is key. The wind needs to be blowing the right way when your key recruits are yeah, in camp. Definitely. You don't want that manure smell. Wow. All right, but the Fighting Illini, big game, and they're playing uh, Wolford. Who's supposedly good, right? Who's they supposedly... beat Georgia. Yeah. Lost a pit by three points. I thought it was another cupcake game. Wolford. Well, Georgia also lost to Loyola last year. All right, so Georgia's our, not our so Chicago's good. Chicago's very own Loyola. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I'm sure Wolford will mm-hmm. give them a run for their money. Uh, Illinois scheduled a few cupcakes, but mm-hmm. um, whatever's going to pile up the wins, because I, I think you look at it this year and kind of parlaying it into a more national conversation, the Big Ten is the best college basketball conference. I, I don't think there's there's an argument this year. I really don't. Michigan State, Purdue, Illinois, mm-hmm. Indiana's going to be better this year. Michigan's a quality team. Iowa's always there. Ohio so, State, Ohio much better State. this year. Minnesota's very good. Yeah. Northwestern was before half their team went down with injuries. Uh, no question. Well, there's the question whether the Big Ten is the best. Just to have them in that team picture mm-hmm. is a quantum leap over where they've been the last 10 years. Yeah, it's been tough. But there, there's there's more parity. Everybody talks about the SEC in football. There's more parity in the Big Ten, I believe, than yeah. any other conference. And a it lot of people so are difficult s- to win on the road. I mean, look at the home records of some of these teams. Michigan State, Wisconsin, Illinois. Mm-hmm. It is tough to win when you go into those places. See, when you say parity, a lot of people are thinking right off the bat, oh, mediocrity. 
To, to me, no. a lot of people think that. I would not be one of them. Parody to me is a good thing. Oh, absolutely. You want competitive football games and less of those, as you call them, cupcake games. So parody, I know a lot of people look at it and smirk a little bit and say that's just another synonym for a mediocre league. To me, parody, a good thing and makes a conference strong. Definitely. I mean, it means that you have a lot of quality teams, especially in a conference like the Big Ten. I mean, you don't want... Maybe the Sun Belt doesn't necessarily want parity because that means all their teams are pretty bad when you pair them up against, you know, national powers and whatnot. But the Big mm-hmm. Ten, a, a major college basketball conference with parity, mm-hmm. just means that there are so many good teams that can beat each other. Mm-hmm. By I mean, the way, you, you have a number two Michigan State team that can be beaten by a lot of Big Ten teams. Yeah, and they're really good. Yeah. I mean, oh. they are really good. Purdue and Michigan State are legitimate. National championship contenders, no question about it. Purdue, by the way, the big game yesterday played the Paradise Jam Championship in beautiful St. Thomas of the Virgin Islands. I'm surprised you were not covering that game for the Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Dot com. I wish they'd send me there. The Paradise Jam, but it was a championship game. Purdue knocked off Tennessee 73-72. Very good game, and the Boilermakers win it. Yeah. Purdue's a, Purdue could be a Final Four team this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now behind this mic, Coach, and uh, I'll be back next week. But hopefully, I'll be back closer to tournament time. The Big Ten will have at least two teams in the Final Four this year. That's hard to predict. I mean, you know, that, that's a crapshoot come March. I mean, certainly a chance. Well, wait a sec, crapshoot. Everybody's talking about the Big East was so competitive last year that they're for sure gonna have at least two teams in. Mm-hmm. It's so competitive it prepared them for the tournament. So I don't think you could say it's a crapshoot. Well, sure it is. You're picking any team to make the Final Four, unless they're just a prohibitive favorite, is pretty much of a crapshoot. Well, you could say any prediction is a crapshoot. But well, yeah. The, the bottom line is, I think Michigan State's in. Uh, Tom is. Tom, I mean, what do you mean they're in? In the Final Four? Yeah, I think I, mean, I think on. they're gonna make the Final Four. Come on. They're gonna make the Final Four, they're coach. Write it down. Archive it. We got archives on this show, right? The archives. Stay. Every every show is archive. Much to the embarrassment of me over the last six weeks, four weeks. Well, So we'll go back. Come March, we'll go back and play this. Uh-huh. You no, heard it from it, me. Uh, Two just, Big Ten teams in the Final I'm Four. I'm just going to argue right now. It's it's a prediction. But right. it's, to me, it's somewhat of a silly statement to make. I mean, they're a lock for the Final Four. How can you go? I didn't say lock. I'm making my prediction. Okay. And my prediction is two Big okay. Ten teams will be in the Final All right, Four. All right, I'll buy that. They certainly have legitimate. Those two teams are as strong as any Teams in the country, the prohibitive favorite right now, the beloved Jayhawks out of Kansas, but they're not that much better than Purdue or Michigan State. Right, and remember, Big Bill Self has only made the Final Four once, and I know he had that nice run with the national championship team, mm-hmm. but he has not had great success over time as a, as a tournament coach. Mm-hmm. And that's really how I judge any sports personality, be it coach, player, is success over time. And I know we talked about this last Last show, which I don't think A-Rod has necessarily vindicated himself as a great, uh, or vindicated himself as a poor player, a poor baseball player in the playoffs. I think you've got to have success over time. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of players have individually great seasons and individually great postseasons, but it's success over time that, that history judges you. Well, we were talking about that early in the show with the Tennessee Titans. A team that has now won four in a row. A, right. team, a team, not a player in this case, that has had a, a again, no Super Bowls, mm-hmm. but a consistent level of success for many, many years. I think that part is underrated. You know, anybody 
can win a championship. I say right. that somewhat facetiously, but it's really, really hard in any professional sport, college sport, high school sport for a lot of years to be consistently successful. Right. Even, even, well, I, in college, it's the easiest because you control the players you get. But you still have to recruit. Yeah, you still, absolutely, you still have to recruit and you have to develop your program. I mean, look at the Michigan Wolverines football team. Many, many years of high level of success, but even a program as high as that can start hitting the depths. And boy, this year they're about as deep as they can go. I don't think, very few people predicted, I think they would dip that low where you look to the bottom of the Big Ten mm-hmm. and there's Indiana and there's what? Huh? Michigan. Michigan? And they started off hot. They started off well. well. Started Everybody off, was talking Notre about Tate Forcier. As as the next great, you know, as 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 the next Tim Tebow, but they just fell off. It's unbelievable. He had that phenomenal drive against the Yeah, they the were Irish, a top twenty five right? team. Mm-hmm. They were ranked. Yeah, I still remember Rich Rodriguez high five and all the fans that looked like Michigan had come around. They got that final drive. It was against the Irish, right? Where the yes, freshman yes, take Forcier led their forty eight or Forcier Forcier. Mm-hmm. Let him down the field, and you know the big win looked like Michigan was over the hump. He's high fiving the alumni; they're staying on the field, pumping their fists with the crowd. Everything looked good. Michigan had turned the corner. What we didn't realize was a that Notre Dame not that good, and b that Michigan was going to lose what their next six games, six of their next seven. Wow. It's, it's unbelievable, an unbelievable skid. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight Residue Tuesday here on Two Guys and a Mic. Anything that happened over the weekend, we are here to talk about it. Only a few minutes left again. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. And you can email us at Mike Two Guys at AOL dot com. Our uh, daily quandary today, Thanksgiving dinner, the food on the table, underrated and overrated. What's an underrated item and what's an overrated item? Real quick, let's review the list here on the overrated so far. Somebody shockingly mentioned turkey itself is overrated. The cranberry has been listed as overrated. Cranberry sauce. Fast food. Any kind of fast food on Thanksgiving, absolutely. Underrated stuffing. Uh, what do they say? Brown and serve rolls? <laughs> I don't even know what he's talking about. The little there. rolls, the Pillsbury rolls. You put it in, you know, set it for three minutes, brown and serve. And the important point that the, the maestro Timmy Bach brought up is don't burn the brown and serve. Okay. If the brown and serve roll looks like a black and serve roll, not as good. Not as good. Also underrated, uh, or also on the overrated list, was the sweet potato. And underrated, the jello mode. Those are some of the ones we've thrown out. If you have some contributions to that, uh, Mike, two guys at AOL.com. Again, our phone number, 888-463-6748. NFL football games from over the weekend. Tennessee had a big win. Uh, last night over Houston, as we mentioned, their fourth in a row. And the American League named their MVP yesterday. Mr. Oh. Joe Maurer. Absolutely. And did you see that list on the worldwide? Did you watch the worldwide leader last night? I did not. They had a list of guys who had numbers like, I want to say, 365 batting average, 100-plus RBIs, and however many home runs Joe Maurer had. Mm-hmm. He was the fifth on that list. The four others were Yankees. Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, Lou Gehrig, and Babe Ruth. Eh, never heard of those guys. What kind of a list is that? Joe Maurer could be the best hitter I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah. He very well may be. Yeah. And it really, I, I think he's better than Albert Pujols. Wow. I really do. I don't know that I'd go that far yet. You're saying right now. Yeah, I'm saying right now. Mm-hmm. I'm saying right now I think he's a better hitter than Albert Pujols. Mm-hmm. 
And it really hurts to the Chicago area fans because we can go back, what, about seven years ago when Mark Pryor and Joe Maurer were the first two choices in the draft. And Mark Prime, Joe Maurer was a definite prospect, and he was from Minnesota, but the Twins had the number one selection. And Mark Pryor was a can't-miss pitcher. Pryor had like a .67 ERA in in college with the metal bats. Yeah, with perfect form, right? Mm -hmm. He had the perfect technique. I mean, he was a can't-miss pro prospect, and they they couldn't afford him, basically, right? Right, so they went with Maurer. So they passed him up. They took Joe Maurer. The Cubs took Mark Pryor. First couple of years, Pryor looked pretty good. Well, he was the be- Wait, he, Mark Pryor was the best pitcher in baseball in 2003. The Bartman year? Yes, he was. Yes, sir. Well, he, he didn't win the Cy Young. And he did, he, did he, he pitch? was dominant. Did he pitch the whole season? Yeah, he pitched the entire season. He was dominant. He's just been saddled by injuries. But, yeah, like you said, Joe Maurer, the Twins. So everybody was making fun him. of Minnesota. Pass, you know, they don't have the money to pick, you know, too bad they missed on Mark Pryor. They got a nice catcher in Joe Maurer. So, you know, they're going to have a good catcher. He's a Minnesota kid. It's a nice story. Mm-hmm. But the Cubs got Mark Pryor. Yeah. Well, oh, how five years can make a difference. Huh? Yeah, Joe Maurer yeah. is now, as you call For him, sure. the best hitter in baseball amongst the names of Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth and a couple others. Jimmy Fox, who else was on that list? No, it, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, wow. all Yankees. Wow. And how long before Joe Maurer's in pinstripes? Wow, what a list. The Yankees use other people. Why do the Yankees even have a farm system? They use other people's. Twins have a great farm system. They bring these guys up. Mm-hmm. They teach them to be good fundamental baseball players, and then the Yankees sign them. Yeah, the minor leagues are just like a toy for the Yankees. Yeah, eh, something to play with. But if you're you right. really want a good toy, your parents are going to go out and buy you a bigger, newer present. Well, think about this. The Yankees now, and you know they'll make off-season moves, even though they won the World Series, are in the market to trade for Roy Halladay. Mm-hmm. They'd need to give up some youth, maybe a job at Chamberlain. Happy holidays. Yeah. Happy holidays. And then you have John Lackey, Uh-oh. who's a free agent. Could you imagine that starting pitching staff? No one would beat them. Andy Pettit would be the fifth starter. C.C. Sabathia. A.J. Burnett. A.J. Burnett. Lackey. Wow. Halliday. Pettit. And then just to throw into it, they got a few hitters on They'd top win 120 of games. Yeah. They'd win 120 games. Yeah, so much for parity in Major League Baseball. Yeah, which is a huge problem. B- big market dominance is a huge problem in baseball. Mm-hmm. How do you expect a, a a Kansas City to compete? How, how are the Tampa Bay Devil Rays supposed to compete in the American League East? Mm-hmm. Any of our listeners out in the Pittsburgh area might be uh, touched by that a little bit, too. The Pittsburgh yeah. Pirates have fallen on tough times for, oh, say, the last, what, 19 consecutive Except years? They, they have great players, and they've traded a yeah. They've traded a lot of them away. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know who you know who helped the Cubs get to the playoffs in '03? The Pittsburgh Pirates, because they traded away Kenny Lofton, Randall mm-hmm. Simon, and Aranis Ramirez. Those are three great players. They were great in '03. Randall Simon, one of my all-time favorite players, strictly for that one incident. I still think one of the great classic videos of all time when he took out the sausage in the Milwaukee races. <laughs> yeah. Right? You had the yeah. sausage, and who else was racing? The sausage? Well, they're all the sausages. Bro- yeah, they're, they're all different kinds and of sausages. Dog. And Randall Simon, he didn't plan yeah. it, just just very casually. Just The beauty of it was the casualness. Just took the bat out, whacked the sausage, down goes the sausage. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment. 
All right, we got to wrap up today's show. I want to thank Timmy, the maestro, Bach, our producer, David Olson, my bodyguard, Seth Grew, and thank you for coming in, my friend. No problem. Mark Carlin will be sitting in tomorrow on thetalkzone.com. Have a great day, everybody, and don't forget to spread the truth. And pass the guests.